Hey guys, Hello. you want to know what one of our most common mail questions that we get oh. via email is, is how do we level up our training game? And, uh, oh. you know, it, it is, people are always looking for those tips and tricks. Uh, and we're not just talking about like the basics, but when we talk about coming in to do the training, we're talking about customized training designed to unlock your team's absolute fullest potential. Yep. It's all about delivering the experience, not plain old training. We make it engaging, hands-on, not boring. And it's constantly up to date, right? And we bring in other companies with us. So uh, if you're doing a decon, we're bringing in a decon company. If you're doing metering, we're bringing in a meter company. We make the training as absolutely realistic as possible. Our instructors, they don't just have the knowledge, but they have the experience and the mastery of teaching to keep everybody 100% fully engaged. We are absolutely some of the best partners in the field. <laughs> so if you're looking to transform your team's capabilities. Don't miss out on training with us. It's a journey towards personal and professional excellence, go over to the hazmatguys.com slash hire us and reserve your spot and start your transformational training experience today. A little disclaimer, though, I'm not actually responsible for your personal journey because I will fuck that up. <laughs> I got a Brian, I got a, I got a Brian hand. That that is probably a record Brian hands down ever. That was bad. <laughs> oh, let me see. We have to mention a couple of things. We have battery destroyers on the West Coast coming up very soon. I believe uh, we will be out there doing some crazy stuff with some batteries uh, in the middle of February. So we'll probably have a wrap up party in maybe mid March. Uh, where we will put it on the YouTubes and the Facebooks and comments on and et cetera, et cetera. So uh, more to come on that one. And we have the next installment of the After Action Report, uh, which is going to be – we're going to try to keep it on, on track with the first Feb, first Wednesday of every month. So February 7th at 1930 hours Eastern Standard Time. This is going to be a long format. It is live. It is going to be broken down um, – I don't know if we're going to actually break it down. I think we're just going to kind of leave it on YouTube and Facebook and yeah, I, I like it's, well there. It, it's nice. You know what's great about it? What I thought was so cool is all the questions that people were able to ask. Like it's a very interactive show. Yeah. You know, it's uh, a little bit different than the the, the 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 happy hour, which is a phenomenal hour in and of itself. But it's just a different format, a different feel. Uh, you know, it's kind of like just sitting around and listening to the senior guy at the table talk about shit which uh it's it's nice it's uh it feels like it feels like i'm sitting at the firehouse kitchen table and and i miss that uh, yeah so it's free comments are on come on on have a good time listen to some stories um conferences man we got a lot of them coming up we have new york state we have Walmer, which Wisconsin, March 6th and 7th. New England, March 26th to the 28th. Omra, April 8th through the 10th. Michigan, cold zone. We'll get to them as we get closer, but it's they're kind of a little further away. Oregon, Oklahoma, Baltimore. 
It's, yeah. The list goes on. And we're unraveling some cool stuff in some of these, right? Between uh, between games, new lectures, uh, yes. new, new new products and services that would be available to to uh, not necessarily to people, but definitely to departments and municipalities and 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 structures. I'll leave it at that. Uh, mm-hmm. There's some really really cool things on the horizon. So we are looking forward to to this year. Uh, I mean, New England is going to be you know, probably the, 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 the one that we're most looking forward to uh, growing and succeeding. So it, come along with this yeah. journey with us. It's a lot of fun. All right. Today's episode, actually, the, today's more than one going to be one episode. This is it, going to be. It most certainly is. <laughs> I went down is. a rabbit hole on this one. <laughs> so yeah. I was listening to there were another podcast. Smoking hookahs when you got done. Oh. It was I was listening to another podcast and they were, they were going through some of the psychological effects of like um, uh, professional athletes and that kind of stuff. And I said, boy, I wonder what kind of maladies go against hazmat techs or emergency responders in general. We'll say. And there Got was nothing. a list. <laughs> yeah, it was Got, nothing. We're perfect. We're perfect. <laughs> There, there was a list of seriously like 30 of them. And I was like, whoa. And I, I picked 10. So I don't know how many we're going to go in, but the format is kind of the same thing. It's going to be like, what is this um, uh, fallacy, bias, paradox, whatever the hell it is. What is it? What, what is the definition of it? What is the impact on us? What are some examples of it being employed in like the real world? And then we're going to give you some uh, strategies to counteract it. Yeah. Um, but let me tell you, right, real quick disclaimer you mm-hmm. will never be able to counteract your own, like, there are no strategies to counteract your biases. There just aren't. You're going to fall yeah. into them. You're not even going to realize it until it's over with and you're doing a hot wash or somebody comes up to you later and talks to you. Say, but when you're in the moment, there is no strategy. The strategies that we're talking about, and this is where hazmat becomes a team effort, right? The strategies that we're talking about are all, oh my God, I see Mike doing this. He's landing in the sunken cost fallacy. He's going down a rabbit hole. He doesn't even realize it. I need to get, I need to intervene here. And that yeah. is such a huge part of, of the hazmat world. And people forget it. They, they, they forget that this is a team effort. They, they forget that everybody has the right to push back upon everybody else it's that's why it was kind of like a um i don't want to say a shock but i was like wow this is i can see this one going so we're gonna see how many we can get through in an episode i don't know it might be one it might be two it might be three it might be four i don't know but the first one and probably the most glaring one is confirmation bias yeah, this is right. totally and the one that I mean, I think I, I have recognized it in myself multiple times. I've talked about multiple examples. So what do we got for confirmation bias? Uh, we basically have 
um, the tendency to process information by looking for or interpreting information that is consistent with one's own belief. We see this extensively throughout the world right now, right? The, the internet has given us the incredible ability to be able to um, find people who are like-minded, yes. slip into those like-minded conversations and ignore everything else around us. And it, it intensifies our feelings. It, it takes false beliefs and it makes us feel like, no, look, like I we have, right. I'm right. I'm right because of this. And confirmation yeah. bias can happen from a social aspect and it happens on an individual aspect as well. So think about it like this, right? Uh, I always give this story and I'm sure I've told it multiple times of the Cope's, the Coke syrup incident, right? Where, where I was down <laughs> there and like, I didn't see three inch letters on a tank that said Coke syrup. And I thought it was a CO2 tank and I turned off the CO2 tank and all of the things that should have hit me in the back of the head and say, you freaking idiot, that's not a CO2 tank, including the giant letters that said Coke syrup, right? I ignored them all. And I kept making excuses as to why what I was doing was the correct way. So it, 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 I mean, what are some of the impacts that something like that can have on an emergency response? Now that you say that, like if you're in a confirmation bias loop or any fallacy loop, how, how much potential do you think that somebody grabs you and goes, you're in a feedback loop. Stop for you to say, wait a second. It totally, you know it totally depends it on the person. Done. Oh yeah. I, see, yeah, I think, I think a lot of, uh, rank would prevent that. I think, um, some people are just like, no, I'm right. And you're wrong kind of people. But if you can grow yourself as a person, uh, to say, I expect the people on my team to smack me and say, you're doing something crazy. Like this is not you, you're. Yeah. I think it starts with the fundamentals of how the team is put together and not only the team, but the leader of the team as well. Right. And, and the senior guys to, to boot the time that I got um, called out for my absolute absurdity. And I'll, I'll, I will literally call it just like that. Like this is probably the most embarrassing story to tell, but it's so important to tell it over and over again because it, really confirms everything the guy was like two weeks on in the company he's with me and he turns around and he's like he after 15 minutes he finally got the balls to call me out and be like i don't think that's the co2 tank and i'm like what are you talking about and he gave me very valid reasons like it says coke syrup right on the cylinder so like (laughs) like that's a really hard like like that is a really hard like you want to be like oh my god and it's so hard right because in that moment you're not thinking you're just you think of your reputation you think of embarrassment you think you're wrong like all these things that make you you know a person of respect in that moment there is a flush of fear that's like oh my god these guys are going to lose faith in me like i just really fuck this up they're going to lose faith in me but you know it 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 it, if we had kept going down that road we would have left that building with a co2 tank continuing to leak and after telling everybody the situation is fine yes 
Yes. And you know what? There are and just to kind of spread the wealth out. There are real world examples out there, such as, um, you know, law enforcement. Right. Early hypotheses of investigations may lead to focusing oh, on yeah. supporting evidence and result in wrongful arrests or overlooked suspects. You see it all the time. I don't know if you get these um, Second Amendment auditors come through your social media feed. But you see it all the time in the law enforcement world where the first thing yeah. they hear is what they attach onto. And it takes mm-hmm. a very long time if the person is right and they're being confronted by a police officer that has already confirmation biased. It is it is right. tough to break that. And that can lead to false imprisonment, false arrest. You know, the 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 people's uh, amendments, their rights being stripped from them, uh, arrests, things along those lines. So what are some strategies that we can do to counteract confirmation bias? Um, and this is hard. Remember, we're not talking about in yourself. It's not going to happen in yourself. Um, so one of the things that you have to do as you set up your team to fight confirmation bias is to be okay. And it's to be okay seeking um, the opposite information. Uh, I'll give you a really good example. We, we sit and, and we have meetings for the for this podcast all the time. And somebody will throw out an idea in the group. And we turn around and we go, okay, playing devil's advocate. Mm-hmm. Boom, 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 boom. You need to have that built into your response. You need to have people that are next to you who's understand that their job is to play devil's advocate. Their job is to pick your is to take your thought process and flip it upside down, find the flaws in it and discredit it. You're not going to be able to do that yourself, right? So so Bob has an idea. He has an hypothesis. I am now looking for anything that could possibly tear a hole seeking that i'm seeking it i'm actively looking to 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 tear bob's thought process apart and that kind of goes through the next two or three points here is that you know you should have protocols necessitating that multi-scenario type thing because you're going to be doing it in a team discussion like you should be your entire team should should be practicing this is the f- shoot holes in my theory concept. I mean, on the regular, it, that's where I think that's where a team is is meh to a team that is exceptional. Is the yeah. ones that practice this whole team and, shoot down thing. I don't know what the hell you call yeah, it. Yeah, and, and the, well, no, it's but how hard is that as a firefighter? Because there's no hazmat technicians coming out of probie school. Right. The, no. the hazmat technicians are all built upon experienced firefighters, so they should be. So how hard is it as an experienced firefighter to come into the world of hazmat and to not keep your mouth to not keep your mouth to know that it's OK to keep your mouth open? Because we're so taught in the fire department, like Bob's got 20 years of experience. I come on with three years in in, in, and I'm on my first hazmat call. Hey, kid, you know, ears, eyes open, mouth shut. That can't happen if you're going to try to decrease confirmation bias, because it is sometimes the point of view of the new person that ends up bringing the team in the direction that they weren't expecting to go. So it starts it starts by enabling your team to have open communication. And this isn't some like Gen Z. This is a safe space kind of nonsense. Right. No, this is this is literally saying from you let the, the guys at the bottom need to feel comfortable to give their ideas. 
And when they give stupid ideas, they need to be listened to just as much as the good ideas, because you don't want to take and make it so that somebody who who has a bad idea 90 percent of the time is too afraid to open their mouth because he might have that good idea that 10 percent of the time. So literally listen to it. And then you do what we're talking about. You pick it apart. You find the holes in that theory. And then everybody has the the ability to to talk. Uh, And that helps to promote uh, diversified viewpoints, right? That kind of action, that kind of ability to have open conversation, whether the chief is in that conversation, your officer, or it's just the firefighter, it's the open discussion and identifying what is happening and being able to push back. If I've got a captain who's coming up with a bad idea, I need to be able to turn around and go, hey, Cap, you got to listen to this. Like, you know, this is a much better idea. This is a much better plan. I find uh, holes in your theory. And that can be very intimidating for people who are in a team that is not set up to do that. I agree. And my point is, is going to be a little bit tougher to do. I don't think technology's gotten there yet, but like training and simulations where one person plays the role I, I and we've done this uh, is that you play the role of the confirmation bias guy so like maybe take the senior guy and say listen you're going to have the wrong idea and you're going to stick to your guns and let's see if the new guys will break with you or right. will they just fold in under the senior man thing and then be like well we're with our boy but it can't be done in the guise of this is a drill to push back on me. Like you have to drill as no. if you're in a real thing and you have to know, OK, I'm going to make really poor choices. How is my team going to react to those poor choices? Yeah, yeah. that's the point. Yes. Right. That's the point. Right. Yeah. A hundred percent. It. it we can we can identify times that it's happened by doing like after action reports debriefings where we turn around and we openly discuss what each other has done wrong or what ourselves have done wrong right the reason i talk about that mcdonald's story uh is because it's a debriefing and it's an ability for me to put my faults out there and for other people to learn from them so we need to be able to do reviews and discussion processes identify the biases and then move forward as a team, understanding how to compete that later. Yeah, and I think we kind of gone through this. It's like mindful practices. Be cognizant that this is a crazy, crazy, crazy um, bias that is so prevalent out there. You have to at least acknowledge it. And that's kind of why we're bringing it up in the show. It's it not very hazmaty, but there's... Let me tell you, 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 if you don't know that you're doing this, you are definitely doing this. Yeah, the, there is an industry that fights confirmation bias so well in their training, and it's the airline industry. And the reason that they have to fight it so well is because they have a tremendous amount of technology and decision-making tools readily available to them, right? A pilot can literally take off and land a plane in almost zero visibility, doing nothing but trusting his instruments. But Mm -hmm. he's got to trust his instruments and they have to train to trust their instruments because it is so easy to look at your instrument and go, huh, well, I don't feel like I'm in a 45 degree bank turn. My instruments are telling me I'm in a 45 degree bank turn. I don't feel like I am. So I'm going to ignore the machine must be broken. 
right? Yeah. Like, and then that, you're in a mountain. And then you're in a mountain, right? Or, or you, you spiral <laughs> downward like, uh, like the, 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 the Kennedy brother uh, in the airplane. He, you know, the, his death was a confirmation bias death. He put himself into uh, a, a spin because he thought he was pulling up when he was really going down because he didn't trust his instruments. So, use the instruments to your your availability to help yourself make a decision does my decision fit in with what my meters are telling me love it okay number two we're going to cram this in in this episode okay go is the sunk cost fallacy the sunk and cost the sunk, fallacy yeah this is this is a tendency to continue an endeavor Due to past investments such as money, effort, or time, despite the current costs outweighing the benefits now. Mm. So we're just, listen, we're in for a penny, in for a pound, you hear this all the time. Right, right. I'm going in right. so, full um, bore. We, yeah, we, oh, yeah, we, we, we already started this thing. You know, so like, give me a couple examples. Okay, so uh, would something like uh, uh, gambling in a casino be the sunken cost fallacy? Well, well, I'm already in for uh, $300. I might as well continue to go in, even though there's no way that you have a winning yeah, hand. The next one is, is the one. Right, the next one's the one. I've already invested so much time and effort. Um, we see this sometimes with projects that people have, right? Like, oh, I have this idea, and they're so invested in it that they can't see that it's just not it's just not worth it right and we see impacts like this on emergency services right one of the 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 biggest impacts that we see if we can relate back to the firefighting realm is search and rescue teams Mm -hmm. right where we can turn around and we know that you know that that people aren't going to be found we know that we're just you know spinning our wheels for nothing but we have all this equipment all this training all these people let's 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 invest their time and effort into doing something even though we understand that there's going to be uh no no good outcome right we we, we're, we're going to continue to look for survivors even though we're well past the mark that anybody could be alive or even like doctors right doctors they they stick to a treatment plan despite new evidence you know uh being presented because they're they've invested so much of their uh reputation and etc kind of thing on that thing and so they're just like no no this is still right this can even lend into uh, disaster relief, right? Where you're, you're, you're now you're the logistics side of all this, and you're trying to to help out. And it's like, oh, you know, we've we've got all of these blankets, and we're going to hand out blankets. Well, it's freaking Louisiana in the middle of the summertime; they don't need blankets. Yes. Like, go get yeah. go get something else. Uh, from a hazmat point of view, um, it could be using a meter that you have invested a tremendous amount of time, effort, and energy on, and you're using it just because you've invested that. That, that time and effort and energy into it uh, or a technique or, you know, uh, any kind of a, of a, a mitigation practice. Well, I've been doing this for 13 hours. Yeah, but it's not working. So let's do something else. Yeah. So a couple of the factors leading to the fallacy. Let's start with the first one. 
All right. Well, the aversion to loss, right? None of us want to have, none of us have the ego to be able to, yeah. to man, lose. I I lose my shirt today. Right, right, right. <laughs> to be like, man, I just put all this effort into it. Well, screw it. I don't, I don't need this time. I don't need this effort. I don't, I don't need this money. So uh, that is, would be the aversion to loss where I don't want to feel that, that inner conflict of, oh man, I just lost. Yeah. The feel of wasted effort. Right. right. So as a continuation of that, that's not a good one. What do you mean? No, I'm just saying, like, you know, there's the money part. Right. And then there's the effort part, which is more where we land, because, like, you know, we're 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 shoveling the sand and we just like, you know, keep shoveling the sand. Like, OK, so so your loss would be your loss of your your time and effort already. Um, yeah. Sometimes people fall into this because they they are so rigid in their response. They want every single thing to be the same and they can't deviate from that. Like they don't have the ability to be like water and flow around obstacles. Uh, they are very much. Do you see this in in officers and firefighters that are like, well, no, this is this is an if then then statement. Right. And the protocol clearly says if so, then I have to do then. Right, exactly. Or, and a lot of this goes with self-justification or ego protection, which is avoiding uh, admitting a bad decision. I'm just going to keep going with this one. Right. I can't be wrong. <laughs> that's, that's, not, that's not in my wheelhouse to be. I'm a chief, God damn it. You know, like, yeah. Or, or I'm a senior firefighter. You've got two weeks on. What, do, what could you possibly? Um, we also have emotional attachment. Uh, we don't see this a lot in emergency response in our job. And, and the jobs go very, very far to make sure that you don't respond into a place of emotional attachment. Uh, but emotional attachment can affect your decision decision making, um, which is why we, to the best of our ability, try to put people into positions where they're not making decisions that will personally affect them, because the sunken fallacy can really dig in if that person has an emotional investment uh, or, or kind of something to gain or something to lose personally from that. These next two are really pure. Is One is the over-optimism. And this is kind of reminds me of like the... Uh, what is that? The dog sitting in a fire room. And he's like, I can do this. Fine. I got this. It's right. all fine. Everything's <laughs> fine. You know, like if you have to kind of take a, a gut check every once in a while and see if it is indeed fine. Yeah. And then we have, of course, peer pressure. Right. Which is which, that which kind of it's kind of bits and pieces of everything that we talked about now put into into one mold where it's like, oh, shit, man, I don't want to go against the social norms. And there are tons of experiments out there that show how difficult it is for, for human beings to go against social norms. So how can we actually start to combat some of these fallacies? Well, you, you can do again, regular assessments. Again, you notice that none of these things are things that we're talking about on scene. Regular assessments periodically evaluate the ongoing situation and compare the new data to it. And I would even venture to say, get second opinions on that new data. Hey, what do you see from this point of view? That way you're combating the confirmation bias at the same time you're combating the sunken cost. I will say that like all these, these things are resettable uh, i don't want to say that maybe that's not but they're definitely able to be self-perceived if you're looking for something like this and corrected on yes. the fly oh yeah yeah, yeah. So, if somebody brings it to your attention you're like holy crap right. i can't believe i just did that my point is like is like 
nothing here, none of these fallacies that we're going to be going through are irrational. Like people have an irrational fear of heights or irrational fear of spiders. These are all hardwired into the human psyche. Like yeah. you're not an exception that you're not going to have these. Nope. So, but they're all fixable. Like, you know, you can do things like cognitive flexibility training which is a session focusing on adapting strategies with evolving information. These are injects, they call them in training. So you start the scenario and then here's new information. Here's new information. Here's new information. And you see if they start deviating their plan based upon that new information. Right. You can apply protocols to existing protocols that actually stop people and check to make sure, hey, is this what we want it to be? Have we invested too much? That is the entire model of API. It is the, enti the entire model of API. But the key to the API system is you can't do it by yourself. You can't evaluate by you can't be the one to evaluate it and the one to implement the plan, because if I implemented the plan, I want that plan to go correct. And I'm going to mm -hmm. sink in whatever time I think is necessary to make that plan correct, because God damn it, I'm not wrong. Right. You have to have, and we said this in the last one, a culture of openness. You have to promote adaptability as a strength. Yeah, you That's need to. And yeah, it, we do have a lot of overlaps with some of these biases where if you uh, if you encourage self-awareness, if you encourage mindfulness training, if you set up kind of limits as to how far somebody can go and do something before they need to be checked, you're going to help stop yourself from first sinking in so much money that then you can't pull out. Yeah, I like that. You have decision to support systems using tools to inform decisions. And what else? Mindful training, Mike? Yeah, yeah I would say mindful training. You know, to yeah. be able to to the, the mindfulness does it again. It's not mindfulness training where it's going to be like, oh, I realize what's happening. It's mindfulness training to be able to listen to your team, to listen to your chief, your officer, your firefighter, your probie, whoever it is to turn around and go, ha, I messed up. We're going to come back. The next one is so much fun, and I cannot wait for next week to do this one. This is, I think we've mentioned it in a couple of episodes, but I don't think we really deep dived in this one. So we'll see you all next week.